0: Hey friends, my name is Ashley Rodriguez, and this is the Boss Barista Roundup, a show where I tackle a topic and ask you, the listeners, to share your stories, insights, and experiences with us. This week, we're talking about Australia and the bushfires currently affecting the country. Before we start this episode, a quick warning. This episode will be dealing with the bushfires in Australia, as I mentioned at the top of the episode. We'll be talking a lot about trauma associated with natural disasters and loss. So if this is a topic that feels uncomfortable or you don't want to listen to, feel free to skip this episode. The bushfires in Australia started in June of 2019. Fires are not uncommon during warmer months in Australia. But this season's fires were particularly devastating. The fires have burned through 46 million acres of land, heavily affecting densely populated regions, in particular New South Wales, destroying thousands of buildings and killing 34 people, killing over a billion animals, and it's estimated to have done over $4.4 billion in damages. Just now, As I type this on February 7th, 2020, there are finally news reports of rain, which is starting to put out some of the fires, extinguishing about a third of the fires that are out now and potentially more in the coming days. The bushfires have brought up questions of politics, disaster relief, and climate change. And one of the bright spots I saw in all of this through my social network was a small A powerful one. Demelza Jones, a coffee professional who's the founder of Same Cup Coffee, told folks in Canberra, which is the capital of Australia, that if they were displaced or just needed a place to regroup and have a cup of coffee, they could. They could stop by a certain coffee shop and have a drink on her. Just mention her name, no questions asked. I wanted to talk to Demelza more about what's happening from her perspective. And how moments of turmoil affect folks specifically in the coffee industry, who often have to serve others in times of distress. A quick note, at one point I say brush fires, but it's not brush fires, it's bush fires. Just wanted to clarify that before we dive in. Here's Demelza.
1: So like every year we have fires, um... We know to expect fires. We know to um, we know to try and prevent fires. We are we have these these little signs around all the towns that have this little like semicircle split up into different colored sections with this arrow that says like what the fire danger is like, and that's been like that since I was a kid. Um, and this year uh, has, has this felt different this year has been heavier this year has just been so dry and so um I mean to kind of put it into perspective before the fires started around me and and around my location and like where I'm from the fires had been burning up north for like a good month um so we kind of hear on the news that 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 bushfires are happening and people are losing their lives people are losing homes animals are losing their 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 habitat um but then it it like that doesn't happen <laughs> that has never happened around here before like i i mean it has but nothing to this degree
0: although fires are common the amount of destruction and the length of this fire season it's technically still not over is what's especially devastating. On top of that, there's this strange cognitive dissonance happening in Australia's government, where top officials, including the prime minister, don't seem to acknowledge that there's anything different about this fire season and refuse to talk about climate change.
1: Our current government is really big on fossil fuel. Um, as far as I'm aware, Australia is one of the lowest um, uh, well, we're one of the highest contributors and, and we're doing the least about climate change and about carbon emissions and things like that. Our government um, loves to mine and we love coal, <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> it's also to what cost? I mean, I don't, like, I, I hear what I hear and I read what I read. I don't know how accurate everything is, um, but from my loose understanding is that our government took funding away from the firefighters and from the rfs another like one huge thing to clock and to understand here as well is that the rfs the rural fire service they're volunteers these are not people in high paid positions these are people that have other jobs these are people that work full-time in other areas and they volunteer they they sign up they train every summer they go away and they like they learn how to put fires out and they learn how to deal with fire um like out of their own time this like and and so our government has been pulling has taken funding away from that in previous years um to to put into other things which are more more lenient towards, you know, uh, uh, coal and other kind of uh, really not beneficial, like environmentally beneficial things. Australia's fire service is run by volunteers. These people have other jobs. They have full-time jobs. And our government, thank goodness, has, has decided to um, uh what's the word, when they uh, uh, um, a government has decided to give them some money to say thank you for all the work that they've done and all of the unpaid, like like, these people have had to take time off of their normal jobs and, like, lose money and use all of their annual leave and not see their families and not have Christmas. Like, these fires were happening, like, a month before Christmas and a month after. Like, they've had no respite, no break. And some of these people did it, like, some of these firefighters, they didn't spend Christmas with their families and they were out there, like, protecting other people's homes and families, like, for free. Fires happen in Australia. We're a large, hot, dry country. But I guess for me, when the fires were uncontainable, when the fires were... Classified as out of control, and these like, and when I speak about the fires, I speak about the ones that are kind of close to um, my family's properties and my family's um, like where we grew up, and and my friends and family's kind of homes for the summer. Uh, these these when when people were were, were getting evacuated and being told to leave and that they weren't going to know if their homes were going to survive or if anyone that stayed behind was going to be alive or if their animals were alive if and when they could go back. Um, I mean for me I think uh, it was kind of gradual it was like oh this is bad oh this is bad oh my god <laughs> this is this is terrible and it's, it hasn't really subsided. It's, it's still happening. That's really important to understand is that this? It, we're not talking about something that has happened. We're talking about something that is still very much happening and is affecting a lot of people's lives and people are out there today right now fighting fires and trying to protect um, loss of human life this is still very much happening
0: and it's affecting the lives of everyone, including, and although not limited to, coffee folks.
1: Well, I feel like uh, here in Australia, we don't like, so we do have a coffee industry, but it's more about like the hospitality industry. The, the coffee industry is very much kind of in there with, you know, the bars and the restaurants. Like we're all, we call we call ourselves hospo workers. We're in hospitality. So um, as hospo workers, Uh, we, we, um, I mean, the customer server relationship is interesting because people come to you for a service. They pay you for a service. You want them to have a great time. So you want them to feel good. Um, but I've definitely noticed a shift in, in the way that, um, servers and customers are interacting with each other. It's, it's less about, hi, how are you today? How can I help you? And it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more back and forth with the customers being like, how are you? How's your family? Have you been affected? Are you okay? Everyone's just doing everything they can to help, whether it's coffee or or bar or restaurant or or anyone. Um, We're just banding together to do what we can.
0: You've also taken on some of those initiatives as well. Can you talk about some of the work that you've done specifically?
1: I I felt so helpless. I was in my house safe um, with my family who were with me and also safe. And I just felt so horribly helpless. So I just did what I could do. And I'm in coffee. I know coffee people. I travel a lot for coffee. So I just thought, man, i I'm I'm going to call a bunch of cafes from Canberra. Um Canberra is our capital and it is where lots of small communities um were evacuated to. Uh and in those small communities, you've got you've got like a another like small hospitality community there that I was quite familiar with in lots of these small towns, really, really heavily affected by bushfires. So um these people from these towns that I know and I and, and I and I love dearly and I have so much empathy for these people, they were being told to drive away from everything that they know and to put their families in a car with nothing else. Like, you can't pack. Like, it's, it's get in a car and leave and go to Canberra. So there was this mass exodus to Canberra and um, I just put a call out there. Um, being a coffee rep for some years, I knew of some some cafes that I thought might be able to help me out. So I just asked them if if anyone that came in and asked just for like um, for coffee or a place just to just to just to be alone and with their thoughts for five minutes, if anyone needed to just go somewhere and eat, I mean, And just maybe be with their family and just not think about this for an hour.
0: Before we started talking and recording, Demelza mentioned how the trauma of fire isn't just in living it now, but living with it across a spectrum. It can be scary for someone who's been a victim of fire in the past, for example, or a service professional has to deal with constantly checking in, serving people who have fire on their mind all the time. As we were wrapping up, I asked her to talk about this.
1: The best way that you can help is to try and buy local, to try and support small businesses, to try and support brands that um, have been directly affected, like go online to their their web stores, buy coffee, buy merch, buy things like that, that actually put money back into the the communities that have been directly affected. Um, I think that one's pretty huge. Something that we're going to be really mindful of here is going to the affected areas when we have some time off work and putting our money back into those places. Um, I mean, people's intentions are wonderful, but sometimes corporate intentions or not. So I just want people to be aware of that. I think
0: something that, that can kind of get glossed over or maybe just, you know, doesn't seem as pressing because it's not an immediate trauma is the way that service folks, especially kind of have to deal with trauma in kind of a a public atmosphere. Like you are living this this episode or what's happening around you in a very public way. And you're often having to take on the grief of people around you. So I wonder, like, I wonder how that's affected. um, As you say, like hospital workers, uh, hospitality workers, like how does, how, how do you like, even for yourself, even if like you can't speak for everybody, but like, how do you navigate just like this idea of like, honoring your own trauma and honoring the way that it affects you while at the same time, like being supportive of people who have to serve others and still show up to work every day and put some sort of smile on their face and, and hear, hear the grief of others.
1: I think that everyone is very understanding at this particular point in time. Everyone, um, whether it's your boss or your staff or your customers or your suppliers or um, every part of the supply chain of hospitality is very empathetic and understanding at this point in time. Um, It doesn't matter who needs to have a cry. It doesn't matter who needs a hug. It doesn't matter if you're late to pay um, at this point in time. I I hope that this mentality lingers around and I hope that it stays with us because we're going to need it for a long time uh but I think there is people have kind of lost that sense of self and people are being incredibly empathetic towards each other um that I've seen lots of hugs I've seen lots of tears and all of that's welcome because it's all so valid and People have different experiences and um, this will affect people in different ways. You've got people who, um, like myself, have not been directly affected this time but have lost things due to fire in the past uh, compared to someone who may have lost a family member last week. And all of those things are valid and all of those things are real. And I think we are in this really, like, light shines the brightest in the darkest times and we are just trying to be that that kind of light for each other
0: that was demelza jones founder of same cup coffee in australia after we wrapped up demelza asked for our listeners to turn their attention to wires w-i-r-e-s an organization working to rehabilitate and preserve Australian wildlife. You can donate to their cause by visiting their website, wires.org.au. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Boss Barista Roundup. See you all next week.